0: After years of living in the suburbs, Bruce wanted to live in the heart of everything, preferably in a mountain college town. In Bozeman, downtown is a relative term, of course, as the tallest building is only four stories. I think what Bruce really wanted was to be able to walk to Main Street to buy a newspaper and a cup of coffee. He wanted to live on a beautiful tree-lined street. It is that, with streetlights and sidewalks and mail carriers who greet you like an old friend. He wanted to be a part of an old-fashioned neighborhood and live in a grand two-story house dripping with character and charm. Basically, he wanted to go back to what things were like when he was growing up. Me? I'm more of a greenbelt gal. I miss my shopping centers and broad avenues and manicured lawns. I miss everything being fresh and new. Here, there's a lot of new, yes, but there's much about Bozeman that is from a long, long ago. And now, Reviewing Amy Martin. Hello, and welcome to the Reviewing Amy Martin podcast. We are pleased, no thrilled, to be joined by the spouse of Dr. Stephen Todd Arneson, the author of Finding Amy Martin. We have Maureen Cochran here in the flesh. Thank you for joining. I am your co-host, Brett Arneson, here with your other co-host, Matt Arneson, and we are ready to chat about the good life. Maureen, thanks for being here. Let's give the listeners a little background. Is it true that you edit and review these short stories before the public even sees them?
1: Every one of them, multiple times.
0: So you're you're seeing first drafts before they ever reach the public. You have yes. it straight from the word of, of Dr. Steve himself.
1: Straight from the word of the God. Wow,
0: that's that's impressive. And how much would you say you influence the final product of these stories?
1: Not that much anymore. At the beginning, um, I think I was more influential because his writing was a little rougher so but now that it's so smooth i don't do much
0: are the edits about his grammar or the plot itself
1: mostly grammatical but um also does it make sense or all of a sudden a character's name is changed and i say well who is this guy so um yeah I mean it's and it's for clarity
0: so would you say what would, what is the biggest thing and from where you started with dad's writing full disclosure listeners Matt and I our father is the author of these stories we're talking to our mother right now who's chief editor um I just want to get that in the open for anyone thanks I there's, appreciate there's, the there's clarity, clarity. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, we don't yeah, need yeah. any influence yep. going yep. on yep. mom where, what would you say the biggest thing of, of dad's writing from when he first started till now where has he grown the most
1: is a dialogue? Is oh. a plot? Oh, he's grown so much. Um, it's much, definitely. Dialogue has gotten lots better. Um, the plots have gotten more intricate and interesting. Um, yeah, he's just really improved so much as a writer. I.
0: The reason I prompted you with dialogue, personally, we're about to get into this uh, short story, The Good Life, which follows a California husband and wife. They're recent empty nesters, and they moved to Bozeman, Montana. We're about to get into the plot of the story, but what I found myself personally most just impressed with was the dialogue. I thought it was realistic. I I felt like I was reading, I I got a glimpse into these people's lives, and I think that is from... The strength of the dialogue so, so agreed on the dialogue for me it's the inner dialogue that uh, has really mm-hmm. improved you truly get a sense of what bruce and laura are thinking as the story goes on and some of that's through the written dialogue rather through you know other instances through the thoughts of the characters themselves
1: yes but there, um this story is unique in that it's three different people's point of view and they are mm. Not so much talking as you're hearing what they're thinking, and you're hearing it from three different perspectives, so that's very interesting. And
0: I think that's what Matt was getting at, and that you really get the, the inner thoughts of each character, mm-hmm. which is it's fascinating. Um, little I did a little pre research on this one, guys. I did speak to the author himself before this podcast to ask him, Exclusive uh, interview, it wasn't an exclusive interview, it was off the record though. But so, you know, he, he was comfortable with me sharing this. He part of the reason he did the inner dialogue of three different characters is he actually wanted to practice writing it from three different perspectives, mm. which to me, that's a sign of someone that just cares about their craft. So I personally appreciated that as a as an avid reader, you know, and, and a cinephile. They do that in movies occasionally. I, I just was very impressed by, I'm I'm doing this to practice, and, and the end result was great.
1: I actually think the whole book was along those lines, that he wanted to practice writing from different uh, points of view, from different... Different characters, different ages, and different time periods. So, you know, I, I see the whole short story book as a practice.
0: And you wouldn't see it reading it, no. though. It's, it's really, no, yeah, it yeah, well-rounded practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not rough around the edges at all. So I do think, though, we could introduce another category. From now on on these podcasts, we should guess what Dr. Steve is practicing. Mm. This one is obviously mm. writing mm. from other perspectives. This is a POV. Of course, we already yep. got, we yep. got that one down, but... Another one might be dialogue. Another one might be yeah. going back in time. you just never know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so mom, thank you for that intro. That was it's it's fascinating to get a peek behind the curtains of what actually goes on when you're reviewing one of these things. What we're about to do right now is we're going to go through this book in sections, and I will be honest; it's completely arbitrary. I, I have picked out page numbers that we're going to talk about, and then we'll get into the categories. This wants this should be an open dialogue, Matt. Mom, please feel free to d- dive. You know, chime in whenever you'd like. And let's get into it. So this book opens with an italicized word, Laura. Immediately gives the... One word speaks volumes. Immediately gives the reader an insight to what this is going to be like. We are reading it from someone's point of view. I'm going to read the first paragraph. Just to be clear, it was Bruce's idea to move to Bozeman, not mine. I was perfectly happy with Sausalito. Very interesting name. Yeah. Very interesting name. Let's get a fresh start, he said. It'll be fun, he said. We can finally do whatever we want. Rivers and mountains and ski resorts just waiting to be explored. This is what he's been dreaming of for years, moving to Montana? I guess so, because I've never seen him so happy. What an open, first of all. So it immediately sets the stage. Fantastic open. Sassolito, Steve's really showing his wide range there, Um, speaking to his, uh, you know, he's a master of geography. So he really speaks to that there by pulling a random town suburb of San Francisco. It's impressive. Diverse audience, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I'm not sure people that live there would consider it a random town. <laughs> no.
0: a fair point. So, Mom, again, a, a peek behind the curtain for the listeners. How much research is Dad? Is he sitting down Googling small towns outside of San Francisco, or is he naturally know of Sausalito?
1: Oh, he would know of that. Is Sausalito uh, a real town? Yes, it's just definitely a real town.
0: Everything Dad does is grounded yeah. in fact. Yeah, it's yeah. a
1: real town. Um, I don't think that took much research. And, of course... Bozeman didn't take much research at all, of Can course you, he knows Bozeman. Do you mind
0: giving the listeners a little insight into uh, to the background of Bozeman?
1: Um, yes, his parents moved there when he was just out of high school, and he followed a year later and went to college there, and has always loved it. And In fact, it we, we talked about moving there, but it is a very cold place.
0: We've talked about moving to Canada, it's very cold. <laughs>
1: That's very
0: true. So the first three or four pages of this novel, novella, short story, excuse me, are... It, it's Laura's point of view about her husband and why they moved to this small town of Bozeman. We find out that Bruce was a CFO, which I found fascinating. We found out that Laura was a nurse of many years, retired. Yeah, she
1: was more than a nurse. She, she became the, the head of nursing, nursing. at Marine Hospital. She, she became the head of nursing, that's mm-hmm. exactly
0: right. They've clearly done well for themselves, and what I... I personally picked out of these first few pages is this did set the story. This is a white collar story. It's not a blue collar town. Oh yes,
1: they have plenty of money.
0: Yep. It's a white-collar uh couple moving to a blue collar town, though. That's what's no. fascinating to me. Bozeman like you know? is no, Bozeman yeah. is not blue collar. But well what's interesting is and brett will cover this in the plot, but um Bruce, the the protagonist, he does run into some blue collar folks and doesn't necessarily get along with them. Well, he, he stands yeah, out like the white collar CFO that he is.
1: Well, of course they have. Yeah, everyone there is not white collar, but bozeman has got a lot of money. Let's and, just say
0: yeah. he ran into a couple townies. Yeah, yes,
1: he did. He ran into some mm-hmm. townies.
0: All right, so we're, we're going to move this pot along. What I, I will say from a just from a you know someone that appreciates novels, the setup of this was the detail was impressive. Very detailed, oriented about the house, about the, the street they lived on. I can picture it in my mind. I haven't even been to Bozeman. Well, a, a great technique that Steve um, utilizes to his advantage here is, is taking things from his own life and, and putting them into the story. Um, exactly. For instance, the uh, Bruce and Laura they they took a few long trips to Japan and South America upon retiring immediately, which is is not too different from um, his his life. Well, and that's a Exactly. The theme. And that's a the the theme. theme. We're about to Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So what I love about that, uh, Matt, is the line. The cable guy even came last week. So Bruce is happy that his sports are back on TV. Mm. How about this, Bruce? Get the cable guy there on day one.
1: They get they come out on day one. Not always.
0: Well, when you work for a cable company, it's a little bit different. Yes.
1: Sometimes you have to wait. We have had to wait in our past.
0: All right. So fast forwarding the story, we started the story on page three hundred thirty-nine of this novel. On page three hundred forty-three, so four pages in, we are switched to italicized Bruce. I was not expecting this, to be perfectly honest. I thought they were just setting up that Laura was the, you know, protagonist. Next thing you know, Bruce is an that Shyamalan-like? Pretty impressive. It was. It, it reminded me a lot of uh, The Village. Mm. A lot of The Village. Mm. So when I get to Bruce on page 343... We start rehashing what Laura just went through from Bruce's point of view. So they talk about the move, talk about why they did it. You're greeted with a much different point of view than what Laura had. Bruce is enthusiastic, Laura was reluctant. Laura's nervous about moving to a new place. Bruce is thrilled. Bruce is calculated.
1: Laura had been very happy where she was. She and was happy
0: Exactly. Then we only spend two pages with Bruce, and we get to Jennifer on three forty-five. And now I'm wondering—is this going to be yeah. a twenty-person point of view story? I don't, I don't know what's happening. Are they going to walk to the grocery store to see the clerk's point We just point don't know view? what's going on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I thought Steve actually showed a lot of restraint, kept it to three a three character POV.
1: Well, there's only yeah, there's only three people in the family, so but, that but would But imagine seem if sensible. he had gone
0: if Mary and Rick. Had come in off the top rope with their own little italicized words that then he would be full on George R. R. Martin.
1: Well, that would have been a different cool. story for sure.
0: It would have been. It's really fascinating to see Steve um, right from the point of view of the uh, the female daughter. Mm-hmm. He handles the wife really well, um, but it's just really interesting to see his thought process around uh, how she handles the situation of her parents moving.
1: And did you think um, he did a good job portraying a twenty-something-year-old girl? Yeah.
0: <sighs> not like, it was it was surface level? I thought. I thought it was surface level, which was about what you'd expect. She's she only a bit apathetic about her parents leaving. I don't think she would care as much as the parents would feel like she would care because she's in her twenties, San right. Francisco, she's busy. And
1: if you notice her, um, her little her chapters are very short. Mm-hmm. So- yeah,
0: which, that's a great technique. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah you. Much longer from the parents,
0: and much longer from Laura. If you yes. notice, Bruce is more, Laura, Laura's more, Laura's well, more was, th- provocative yeah, thinking. She's yeah, she's more of a thinker. Exactly. Bruce, very single-minded I thought. Well,
1: he's a CFO guy. Again,
0: calculated, you know, calculating, yeah. right?
1: mm-hmm.
0: literally calculating things for his job. Jennifer, when my parents moved to Montana, I was out of town auditing a company in Los Angeles. So Jennifer, she's well she off as well, sounds doing like, great.
1: She sounds like um maybe modeled after katie
0: yeah uh, you thought the same thing yeah, yeah. Wow. Shades of katie. yeah. yeah. great point mom so I, what i was asking about jennifer jennifer was very concerned about her father's well-being if you notice she clearly had been talking to her mother daily which comes from you and becky's relationship yeah sure so she knew everything was going on with her mom she, she seemed a little more distant but concerned about her father and, I, and I, I thought that was a unique thing he was able to build in in those short chapters about jennifer mm-hmm. fast forwarding That was page 345. We are going to move ahead a little bit. Jumping ahead to Bruce's woodworking hobby. Which I'd like to spend some time on. Bruce could not have been... He clearly Googled hobbies, picked woodworking, bought all his stuff for it, didn't know if he was interested in it. Which, I've done that before. To be perfectly honest. And woodworking is not what you should pick. Because it's expensive to get into. It's also, it was was really... um... A heart-wrenching part of the, the story for me. When, at the end, you know, they're a little bit more happy. Bruce sells off all the equipment. And Laura wanted to use it. And Laura wanted to use, it. Wanted to use Sh- it. I know. And uh, Bruce devastating. didn't have that dialogue that, you know... It was devastating. It was. Mm. And you needed to ask her, you know, would Laura, you be interested in this? Would you want to do this? Exactly. Hey, Laura, I'm thinking about selling off the woodworking equipment. Maybe don't do that. I'd like to build something. Yeah. Love for you okay. to do it, honey. You know what, though? Laura, in her own defense, did acknowledge... If she'd done something with the equipment, it would have devastated them. Because it would have been that much better. Yeah. Well, yes, she couldn't have done that. That would have made
1: things very difficult.
0: It would have. So what I I found fascinating about the woodworking in the story, and I want to just
1: well, it's interesting he picked that because he it's not anything he's interested in exactly. Or
0: subliminally, is he? And that's his way of putting uh, it on paper. But he's he's afraid to take that leap. And now his two sons are using chop saws left and right, and he doesn't know what to do with them. So, the woodworking, the reason I wanted to harp on it, it comes back over and over again. The woodworking is a recurring plot line. Like I, I would actually argue it's the one plot line throughout the... It's a thread through the whole story. And the attitude toward... Um, the, the, the attitude in which the characters show toward the woodworking is very emblematic of what they're going through at each... On their moves to Bozeman. Bruce, yeah. Bruce is very excited at first, very excited about woodworking at the end. Wow. Lara looks at it and she goes, I could dominate this, but I'll show restraint. Because I need to get Bruce back. Exactly, yeah. exactly, because he took that downward trend. Oh, so, Mom, days. let's take a dive into the psychology of your husband. Is he writing this story going, I am making woodworking the synonym for how these people are feeling, or is that just a result of what happens? I'd love to know, like, how much time does Dad spend sitting in front of the computer screen thinking about the structure of the novel versus just sit, start banging out words on a keyboard?
1: Um, no, I think he spends a lot of time thinking, thinking about, about it and drafting it and writing outlines. And, yeah. Oh,
0: that's that's impressive. I think that's really good for the reader to get that insight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so I'm jumping ahead.
1: Well, I have one more thing to say about hobbies. Oh, um, please. There is a very interesting quote, and if my old iPad wasn't locked up, I could tell you verbatim, but... um And it's toward the end, and it's when he realizes, Bruce realizes that maybe a hobby isn't Mm. something that is supposed to fill your day, it is supposed to supplement your day. And to me, that is...
0: Maybe hobbies are supposed to fill in the dead spots in your day, not be your whole day. You're probably going to need another reason to get out of bed in the morning. I'll have to think about that.
1: That is exactly, to me, that is the best quote of the whole book of so the you,
0: whole story so let's just go there right now favorite quote mom you just said yours I will say that quote spoke to me as mm-hmm. someone who loves hobbies mm-hmm. and doesn't like working that much which is now going to be on the interwebs and that's fine <laughs> hobbies are great if I did them all day long I would get bored in a week you can't, You have to have some other purpose to your life favorite quote go favorite quote I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you guys with two Oh. This is uh, to go back to the woodworking, and I quote: I know how to turn on the lathe and the bandsaw, but every time I try to cut or shape a piece of wood, it looks lower, like Salvador Dali is operating the equipment. Incredible! I like that. I like that. Now, lathe or lathe? <laughs> well, we can, it's going to be lathe. Lathe. Okay. Yeah. Um And then here's my other one. This one, a little sad, and I quote: I stay out here drinking beer until it's time to go to bed. I can't think of anything else to do. That really. Kind of hit me in a deep place comes, there. Comes yeah, before. that one is. It really showed um, where your life ah, how desperate it got with Bruce out there. You know, this mm-hmm. was not a story of oh, well, maybe he's not a little unhappy. Like no, this almost depression.
1: And uh, then his drinking earlier and earlier every yep. day. Yeah, he was. He well, he also went from. Working probably, what, 80 hours a week as a mm-hmm. CFO to zero. I yeah. mean, they moved right after he retired. And he
0: tried to fill his time with just chopping down wood all day long, yeah. but it never worked out. Well, then
1: he said that he had two years worth of wood yeah.
0: he had <laughs> to <stow. laughs> Alright, so I'm going to get my quote, and then we're actually going to jump into the theme of the book, because you guys just both kind of gave yours. My favorite quote was Jennifer. At one point in the story, she said, or thought, actually, what's with all these breweries? And I just imagine everyone that knows our family thinks that to themselves. So I, I, I thought that was great. Um, let's go theme of the book. Mom, you're up.
1: Well, the theme of the book was, you know, starting a new life and deciding what's going to make you happy in the next phase of your life. And Laura, it took, it took Laura a minute. It took Bruce more than a minute. So... Um, but it had a happy ending. I mean, they you know they both were fulfilled. They both found what they were looking for. And, and it was good. But it's lucky they had a strong marriage to get through the initial difficulties. Mm, foundation. Mm-hmm. You can tell
0: they had a really strong marriage because Laura would say things like, I have to let him work through this on her own, which implied she, she knows him so, through so well that she has to just be like, I'm setting this one out. Other times she got involved. So yeah, to me, marriage was a strong theme. I actually had a couple themes. I had marriage, I had empty nesting as a theme because I think this probably happens so I had empty nesters. Everything you just talked about, yes. what do I do with myself? My kids aren't underfoot. I mean, I think about my life when Elle goes up and sees her mom and i am left alone, I'm like a complete maniac. I have no idea what to do with myself, right? So when you have an empty nester, I imagine that happens. And then the, the third theme I have is depression. Because I thought mm-hmm. both characters were legitimately depressed, and I mm-hmm. thought it was a really deft way of handling depression, the way that dad wrote about it, because it wasn't overt at all. It was, it was very subtle depression, and Michelle Obama actually just talked about this. It's the white gloves approach to uh, writing about it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Michelle Obama just talked about low-grade low, low mm-hmm. grade depression, and that is a thing I think a lot of people suffer with that isn't talked about enough, so I thought dad did a really good job of displaying it. That's my, my theme. My theme of the, of the story was patience. Wow. When you move to a new place, it's not you know you can't expect to have your old life right away, and I think there was a little bit of an expectation, and not un- unjustly so, but it's going to take time to make friends. It's going to take time to get adjusted to the new life, and I thought this story really showed that that you have to have a long uh, the long view in mind when you're when you're moving to a new place and, and making friends again, etc. Well spoken, Charlotte, North Carolina. Hmm? What I found interesting about that. Particular theme. I, I loved when Bruce said he went running one time on the Missoula track, and he felt a part of the running community. And in my head, I I, I thought you're probably not a part of the running community until you make friends with people. But Bruce had an expectation; he was just going to move to this place, and it was all going to open up doors for him. So, yeah, yeah, I thought
1: that was a little odd too.
0: Missoula, Person. Aren't they the Mussolans No, that's a different town. <laughs> so, I gotta pick out one more quote for everybody, because I thought this was so well written, because it's exactly what my wife would say. Laura, I made a friend today. I feel like a 12-year-old girl saying that, but it's true. I cannot tell you how many times in our life, Al has made a friend and said, I feel like a middle schooler or a high schooler. So I I thought that was great. Karen and I had those exact conversations too. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, I think I I have a guy at work I might want to be friends with. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I I thought the Laura dialogue was actually better than the Bruce dialogue, Mm -hmm. which is interesting Mm -hmm. considering he's coming from a male point of view to a female point of view.
1: Well, he knows me really well and I felt like there were so many parallels between me and Laura.
0: There were a lot of parallels, and actually, I just want this is getting to just get into this now. I was going to save, I was going to spring this on you later, but we'll do it now. So, mom, how much of the story is about you and dad's life?
1: I'm not sure how much it was intentionally about about it, but it is very, um, very similar. There's, you know, so many things. You know, I thought about playing guitar. I didn't really want to do that. Right. that my wife takes up yoga. I mean, there was, and you know, and then she makes all these friends and he's going, oh, I don't really have any friends. I'm, right. I'm uh, running by myself. and
0: It is interesting at one point he does remark that he was like, well, maybe I'll wait until Laura makes friends and then I'll kind of just yeah, uh, I'll, I'll take go on to their friends. Right. Yeah. yeah, Which <laughs> is exactly what happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah that, that normally yeah. happens.
1: Yeah.
0: So what I found very fascinating about this, Laura was a lot like you in a lot of ways, but the whole, like he did a couple things. So he made himself himself, Bruce. He made Bruce really good looking, tall, <laughs> tall, blue eyes.
1: Hair. Yeah, he had a full of hair. Big
0: had full of hair. You, Laura, I say you, Happy, you were yeah. heavy around the middle. So, which I found really fascinating. Cause, and dad, I know you're probably so there's no offense, but that's kind of the opposite of what your all's life was like. You are thin, very Full active. head of hair. Dad. <laughs> Thank you. Dad is in, in p- perfectly good shape. But he's always said he would like a head of hair and to be slightly thinner. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I guess he probably wants blue eyes too. Who wouldn't? <laughs> so <laughs> I just found it fascinating that he chose to kind of do that with those two characters and kind of sort of flip them into different versions of your all's life. I thought that was interesting.
1: Well, it made sense for Laura to be, you know, slightly chunky. She's better at desk job and the desk and job, then yeah. all of a sudden she goes here and she gets really active and that actually happened to me too. I mean, not the chunky part, but the um the part about, you know, moving and do you know, walking and hiking and all you know, getting in better much better shape. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, mean, you two are about as active as 60-plus-year-olds mm-hmm. as you could possibly be. So. Well,
1: if you lived in Boulder, you wouldn't say that. True. <laughs> We're very wimpy in Boulder. Oh, come on. You
0: guys get after it. All right. Well, I think we should wrap up the plot of this story. So, sure. Mom, you, you said it perfectly earlier. This story is about two people going through conflict, internal conflict, which Dad does a great job of describing. And they both have to find a way out of it. Laura ends up finding two great friends. We haven't even mm-hmm. mentioned them yet. It's Julie, the woman mm-hmm. that went walking with her. Mm-hmm. Which I imagine you had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. Probably walking around up in Boulder no, Heights. And a, of some yeah, women. I have a group of people I
1: walk with. Mm-hmm. Exactly,
0: and Dad, you know he found some friends. Well, you guys have Jane and Karen, of course, mm-hmm. but. I guess actually dad never did find friends. He's plombed <laughs> onto yours. He,
1: he found Jay and Karen.
0: <laughs> now, and Jane and Karen, you know, I imagine they, you know, could have been a proxy for Mary mm. and Rick in this story. Mary and Rick maybe a little older than Jane and Karen are, but they're two good friends at the end of finding. You can mm. obviously foresee those. Oh people. right, right, right.
1: They hang they, out all the time. Yeah, they hang out and they have fun and they go to concerts and all. That. Ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. That
0: all that all seems pulled from your life. So yeah, yeah. for the listeners. And and this this story was not a story about you know knight goes to the castle slays the dragon and rescues the princess. This was a story about two people's lives, and they end up on the other side of it. Happy and they both had to work through conflict internally that well said. As as I'm looking at my notes here, there's two other things I wanted to hit on. The first was the um the subtlety in which the conflict was described. This wasn't the kind of book where there was the over the top Laura, I'm moving back to San Francisco.
1: There was no divorce threats. And that's what I really liked about that,
0: because that would not have been realistic. This was truly, as you mentioned, two people dealing with internal conflict. In a uh, shared relationship, a shared home, but that's why that that they had a solid marriage. They
1: had a strong yeah, marriage, exactly. Because if not, she would have gone. You know, this isn't what I signed up for. I'm moving back mm-hmm. to my town where I have all my friends and
0: yeah. And then the the second second part, uh, I really enjoyed all the um, the brewery. Oh, um, love the brewery mm-hmm. aspect. So there's a lot of breweries in the U.S. now and is I read books. There I There are? Ever, um, yeah, there are. Oh, uh, over 10,000. Yes, yeah, wow. so no. Wow. <laughs> and a lot of people go to breweries. It's the thing people do. And you don't see a lot of it that um, drifts out into the culture, whether it's in movies and books. So it was, it was really kind of refreshing to see something that a lot of a people do in their, in mm-hmm. their daily lives. Hmm. It, it was so realistic that someone's daughter would come into town and they would say... Let's go hit a couple breweries before we're going back to the house. Exactly. That, that happens all over America. Except that I
1: don't think Jennifer was quite up for that. Jennifer
0: was a little freaked out by the breweries. She,
1: well, she was freaked out by her dad's drinking, but so I'm not sure.
0: I think Jennifer's got to check bre- herself at the door, to be honest. Hey, kids. Brewery, kids out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jennifer was a little, a little, poor, little concerned. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A, little, a little PC. Hey, uh, kids out there, normalize drinking. Drink around your or parents out there, excuse me. Drink around your kids. They'll grow up thinking it's totally normal. It's great. Kids, drink around your parents, yeah. too. <laughs> uh, also true, yeah. yeah. Normalize it for your parents. Just
1: don't drink too much. Mm.
0: All right, so, folks, we've already hit on some of the categories here. We've now done Best quote. We've done Theme. Mm-hmm. We have two left, and then we're going to wrap this pot up. We have, who won the story? Who was your character that emerged from this
1: victorious? I'll have to say it was, um the marriage itself.
0: Wow. I
1: don't think because to me, Laura and Bruce are very equal. There's no they had arcs that Yeah. They but yeah. you know they both they both liked it there. They were both happy and so I think it was just another strengthening part of their marriage.
0: I think that's really well said. Go ahead Matt. Um so this one's a little out in left field, but I truly believe it was the United Way. They added a former CFO <laughs> of a tech startup as a uh, finance uh, worker in their company. I mean, uh, for
1: free, for free, exactly, yeah.
0: volunteer. Yeah. I I just can't uh, think of. So a, I had that winner one, an unanswerable question. Just so y'all know that
1: is uh, yeah, that is a good
0: point, Matt. All right. So what I, I I had the brewery scene in in Wisconsin, which I can speak wow. to. I've been. It's actually not impressive.
1: No. Okay, I have Laura. there, yeah. I have Laura's. are there even four? Yeah, there's four in town, and then
0: there's a couple more as
1: you get a
0: point. Yeah, the breweries aren't
1: that impressive
0: there. All right, so I'm going to drop, this is the category I'd not prep you all with, for the listeners. Uh, I'm going to drop an unanswerable question. At one point in the story, Rick, who's a United Way gentleman, recruits dad, Bruce, to be the CFO, and he says, I'm not the CFO of United Way, but... Yeah, but he says it won't be much work at all. be only- twenty five hours a week. <laughs> I was thinking twenty five hours a week. That's for, a ton for of work. Free?
1: Yeah, yeah. So exactly I thought that was a little unrealistic. Awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah. Eight hours a week is not much work. oh uh, yeah, exactly. Twenty five yeah, is yeah, a lot. An hour, hour a day is not much work.
1: I'm actually mad about that. I, but you know, look at from their point of view. If they're both high powered executives and, hours, and they're mm, working so many hours, twenty five hours a week is not very much for those. And students. clearly
0: bruce needs to spend his time doing something
1: he, yeah he <laughs> that'll it. keep him for drinking beer at 10 a.m
0: <laughs> <laughs> or from chopping off his hands with a chainsaw which exactly. we haven't talked about yet yeah. so here's my other question for you two is it really legal and, and actually i did i prompted the author of this question earlier is it legal just to go into the wilderness or chopping up trees with a chainsaw that seems you crazy know,
1: i think so because our friends um in salt lake city they used to do that and um I've heard of people, people, and you'll see trucks going up into the mountains and so coming back, you know,
0: with it's just loaded with, up.
1: Yeah. Uh, there may, it must be a national park. So, you know, um, um national forest or something. So here's what know. the
0: author himself said. He said you can go up there, and he researches, of course, you can chop up downed trees. Which makes sense. So you don't want that kindling oh. laying
1: around, anyways. Oh, yeah. good, act, good, Yeah. yeah so well, Bruce go
0: there just hawking up
1: Yeah, well, you don't want to cut down live trees because right. then you can't burn them.
0: Oh, true. Yeah, they need, they
1: need to sit for, you know, two or three years before wow. you can use them it's for
0: fire. you live in the mountains. One additional unanswerable question, um, I, and I talked to the author about this and he claimed it's true, Walmart is the best grocery store in Bozeman? He was adamant. I, it is true. I have been to Walmart grocery stores. They are horrible
1: horrible. Actually, in Oklahoma City, Walmart is one of the better grocery stores as far as the other produce is not that bad. Well. The, they have a lot of stuff. Now, I personally wouldn't ever go to a Walmart to grocery shop if now, I could help it. Look, that's map.
0: where he shops a little Whole Foods person over here so oh, oh. I'm more of a Harris Teeter man myself oh, nice. holier than thou I person can't even walk into Whole Foods it gives me an
1: anxiety attack
0: <laughs> <laughs> I told Jeff Bezos you, uh, you called well, he'll listen um, alright so we have we, we finished our Pulitzer Prize let's go to the final category which is the most fun let's cast this, this novel
1: okay. we're making
0: a movie listeners you, you all know the drill at this point we're making a movie we are going to pick the seven most important characters in this novel, and give each of our picks. We will start with in the Bruce, director Bruce himself. Bruce Almighty. Brad Pitt. Oh. That's
1: who
0: I've
1: always wanted to be married to, so why not? <laughs> he's
0: got blue eyes, so you're good there. But he he's does not have blue eyes. Not tall. He does have a great head of hair. He's um, Two out of three.
1: He's Yeah, he's tall enough for me. <laughs> All
0: right, let's go, man. Bruce. Thought about this one long and hard thought about jeff bridges oh, in montana that, that would have been great ultimately mm. i ended up with ben affleck because wow. i've seen ben affleck and he, and he can put on a little bit of weight in a movie and i feel oh. like that's what, how bruce would have gone through when he started drinking a little bit more at 10 a.m having a beer also starts sure gaining weight ben affleck's got that depression in him yeah i, I can't even go with casey to be honest
1: Casey Affleck. Yeah. Oh, Casey Affleck, Affleck
0: is uh, too depressed, man. <laughs> I
1: don't know
0: if you see Manchester by C, <laughs>
1: but can you see Casey Affleck as a former CFO in San Francisco? No, I can't no. see that. But you
0: can see Ben Affleck. I can see is that. that? Yeah, yeah Ben yeah. Affleck
1: for sure, right. but definitely not depressed. So as always, either.
0: I'm gonna win this category.
1: Hey, oh, how do you know?
0: Because I got I picked George Clooney. He puts on that Siriana beard, which is. His, uh, we didn't, so, we've missed a couple things. I mean, this is my fault as the host. We have missed Bruce's beard, which was detailed so well in the story. Again, as Matt, as you pointed out, a proxy for him going through his trouble. As soon as he shaved that thing, he had a great night at Mary and Rick's house. Mm-hmm. Great night. And then we also, we haven't touched on Jeff Gregory yet. And we're just going to go there right okay. now on casting what ifs. Who would you all cast as Jeff Gregory, the fly fisherman? Oh. And I have a bonus question for you. You can pick any movie where there's a bar scene, and those are Jeff Gregory's friends. All right, so I'll start with the first question. Um, Jeff Gregory, is it, it's funny you brought up Casey Affleck earlier. Really. I actually thought about him. <laughs> oh, as the oh, um, I could see
1: that.
0: But amazing. ultimately, I landed on Russell Crowe. Because I think, the, I think the thing about Jeff Gregory is he isn't as bad as his friends. No, but he gets brought down by them. Exactly. And yeah. Russell Crowe, you could see, you'd look at him and be like, that guy's got a rough side to him, but then it, it's those friends that really are over the top.
1: Or what about Mel Gibson?
0: Oh, well, Matt Matt asked, said, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson might be one pick? of the friends. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Good uh, yeah, I'll take Mel.
0: Just don't invite that friend to All right. Uh, my pick oh, God. was Bradley Cooper. You get a little of that Whoa, Mom. <laughs> I, I, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm no, pondering. No, think about it. You, get, you get the, uh, what's the movie he did with Lady Gaga? Oh. Stars star You get a Stars Born Bradley Cooper. Uh, He's a drunk. Oh, He's right. got okay, the beard. Okay, okay. He's being a complete maniac the whole time. Okay, That's right, my favorite.
1: right, Alright, that's a good one.
0: So Matt, second part of my question. Pick any movie where there's a bar scene you get to import their friends. Borisine import the Friends. I think i got to think about a Boston movie. I think I'm going to go with The Town.
1: That's so. what I was going to go <laughs> yeah. with. Exactly. That, that that's Flash like Friends. Have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna hey, I, I think I'll third that. That makes That's perfect.
0: Well, so the only other one I considered was in Goodwill Hunting with Matt Damon and, and his... his oh, and of that. The, in, we'll, in the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I pictured a bunch of just Bostonians for some reason in bozeman montana yeah just being real cop out of pop just yelling <laughs> at people uh, so alone. roadhouse is the other one that comes to mind just some true psychopaths exactly yeah yeah you want that all right laura who's the wife
1: laura lane
0: i also have, i had laura dern hmm. oh
1: yeah
0: jennifer garner because that's who the author himself that would have been his uh... <laughs> that would have been his this has to be the wife or this movie can't be made mm-hmm. all right that's the wife. how about the daughter jennifer
1: Oh, um, Emma Watson. Oh, that's a great...
0: That's actually better than my pick. I had Jennifer Lawrence. J-Lo. Mm-hmm. J-Lo. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I had Charlize, who would have been a, a bit
1: older. Old. Oh, Charlize? She's, she's 55 years old. She's too old. She's, I know. Uh, she's I, too... Dakota Fanning. Uh, Dakota Fanning. She's too tall.
0: <laughs> Dakota Fanning and What the Fun a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Real yeah, creepy. Yeah. All right. How about Mary? Who Just so we ground ourselves. It's Mary and Rick, the friends. The mm-hmm. old Nicole Kidman. Oh, creepy.
1: Yeah, I'm
0: good with that. I had Jodie Foster. Okay.
1: A little old, but. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, next is Rick, Mary's husband. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Uh, he's wow. got that Montana beard. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. who you got, Mom? Uh, I got nothing for him. Okay, I got Matt Damon. Is <laughs> <laughs> this movie going to be set in Boston?
1: <laughs> <laughs> really? It's You're like, totally Boston. <laughs>
0: The other uh, thought I had was Daniel Day, but he's retired, so T.D.L. With a P.T.A. Uh, cre- uh, credit for director. All right, Mom. The Judy, older woman, uh, Julie Swanson.
1: Um, Meryl Streep.
0: Who else? Of Who else? Meryl Streep.
1: Oh, okay. I got someone else.
0: Judy Dench.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Meryl, that's been Meryl, I can see Meryl Streep living in Bozeman. Mm-hmm. I can see Judy, that. Judy is too British, too proper.
0: She, yeah, I, I, for some reason I was thinking of her as M and 007, but like, not a good <laughs> idea. There's no 007 happening. Now
1: we need like a down to earth, you know, mm-hmm, yogi. I agree with
0: that. yeah. I loved all the yoga references. All right, so I want to I want to put my closing thoughts out here about this well, movie. Can we do director? Oh please, yeah. yeah. So in my mind, um, while this story was great, it needed to be shot in almost a Fargo esque style. Um, it needed to kind of have that different twang that people are you know watching and going what's happening this is a little weird So the Coen brothers. Those are my directors for this movie.
1: Because so then will, they will end be up able to
0: shoot someone getting murdered out the... the closet. Like, yeah. well yeah. yeah they gotta yeah, have yeah, some yeah, weird yeah, violent yeah. twist okay, to it. Okay, yeah that's fair, okay.
1: I I'm sorry, I don't know uh directors very well. I would have gone with uh Francis Coppola. Oh. Huh. The
0: Godfather, Dark, dark his <laughs> daughter, Dark. Oh, wait, no, sophia Coppola. bad.
1: oh, sophia, sophia so You're worried about people
0: getting killed. Yeah, no, sorry. Then
1: we could just do, you know, Steven Spielberg, and that
0: would be great. Yeah, <laughs> Coppola <laughs> would be a nice
1: choice.
0: All right, so my my concluding thoughts on the story, as we go around with our parting shot, I just thought this was a, re- a really well written thirty pages I read, and at no point in time, this is going to sound like an insult, but it's a compliment. At no point in this story did I think to myself, this is riveting, but at no point in time did I want to put the book down, which I think is a real credit to the way it was written. It was mm-hmm. not an exciting story and it held my attention the entire time.
1: Mm-hmm. A,
0: f- a fascinating look into three people's minds. Yeah, you go. yeah. And well,
1: interesting. You know, it's the last story, and, you know, the short stories are kind of a different genre that normally you'll have, you know, your biggest pop, either not necessarily the first story, but first third of the book and this is the very end so you know it's it was a minor story but of course it said something to me because I felt like it was parallel to our lives
0: and that's what I find fascinating that dad was able to write a short story that was a parallel to your lives adding just enough detail for it not to be an exact proxy to your lives, mm. which yes. I thought it was probably hard to do, honestly. Like, as you're sitting mm. there, you're probably, you're probably instinct just to only write yeah. about your life, so...
1: Now, can we get him a hobby? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't want to get him chainsawed chainsaw or anything. No, you're, no. Yeah. Although, Mom, I, you know, woodworking right up your alley. You would be Laura. You would say, I could do that, which I loved that line. So... I, in parentheses, she said, I could do it, of course. And that was it. So what's funny is... um this is dad's hobby in a sense. The, oh, so yes. that's mom really exactly. yeah. So that begs question: that. Does mom also think I could do this, but I don't want to do it better? Ooh. No, no. no, no, no. That's, oh. the unanswerable question. Yeah, that's the unanswerable question. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Absolutely yeah. not. I have no desire to write. However, if I did, I'm sure I'd be good at it. <laughs> you would be, yeah.
0: You would be. <laughs> Matt, Maureen, we go deep, deep, deep. into the good life. And I emerged a better person. I really did.
1: Well, thank you. It was very enjoyable.
0: It was enjoyable. It was an read and it was an enjoyable pod. It was. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time.